Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living. From the highest of heights to the depths of the sea Creations revealing your majesty From the colors of fall to the fragrance of spring Every creature unique in the song that it sings All exclaiming Indescribable
Well, good morning again. You know that usually when I'm here, I have the crew. The man is experiencing a health challenge. Yeah, he's okay. The girl is on the YOU retreat with Reverend Kelly, so she's good. And the boy is uh, 21, so what you want me to tell you? So, he put, when he, but not at home. He politely sent me a text last night. He was like, I'm gonna stay at a friend's translation. Amen, right? So the patience of Job with this motherhood thing. So this is my third time coming before you. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. Whenever, uh, whenever my sister and it's like my big sister, my mentor calls me, I'm like, yeah, I'm there. Like, because I love y'all. Y'all have been amazingly great to me, and I'm so grateful for that. So you have been experiencing a little Job stuff yourself, right? You've been waiting for this new minister or right to be named and it should be coming up soon so you've had the patience of that also so you'll understand this process correct yes. yeah so we know that good things come to those who wait and sometimes the waiting game is longer than you like Jesus <laughs> Jesus <laughs> so right now let me just take a moment to get centered for God has not given me a spirit of fear but of love and power and of a sound mind Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, for you are my strength and my redeemer. Thank you once again. So today's lesson will focus on the patience of Job. And how many of you have ever heard the Job story? How many of you have heard that Job went through a whole bunch of stuff? Okay. So that's what we're going to talk about. It really is a story of it asks the question, why does the righteous man suffer? And many of us have asked that question of ourselves and just, just period in the world, right? And our spiritual context today is going to be taken from the book of Job. And so right now, we're going to just take a moment and sit back and we're going to go through and look at the Job experience because he definitely had experience. The book of Job tells us in the story of Job, he was described as a man who was perfect and upright and one that feared God and turned away from evil. Further, he was a man of great wealth. He had a godly household, a wife, seven sons, three daughters. If he lived today, he would probably have a commercial that went like this. You remember this? He is good, okay? <laughs> so because Job is good, Satan, and from now on, we're just gonna refer to him as the adversary, tells God, well, yeah, he is good. He's good because he's been blessed in all ways. He adds, put forth thy hand now and touch all that he has, and he will renounce thee to your face. Now, how many people of us know people like the adversary? People who see that your life is going along smoothly, and they just think of ways to bring up misery and unfortunate on you. Don't say their names out loud, just take a few moments. <laughs> And bless them, because some of them are in your family, but just bless them. <laughs> but because God knows Job's faithfulness, he gives the adversary permission to deprive Job of his possessions, and immediately all is lost to him. I just think it's amazing that God can trust us so much to know that he can take all this stuff away, and we're still going to glorify him. That's a whole lot of trust, right? Okay. So Job is said to have lost 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camel, fire burned his servants, 
and a great wind blows down the house where his children were feasting and they were all killed. That's a lot of stuff going on. After this, Job fell to the ground and still worshiped God. He said, naked I came out of my mother's womb and naked I shall return hither. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh Lord. I think about our unity principle number three, I create my experiences by what I choose to believe and think. How many of us can say that? How many of us just this week by the storm and the flooding wanted to give up and denounce God and just say, I'm, I'm tired of this, Lord. Like, what's going on? Like, why me? Why is this going on? Power goes out and we're flooding and the basements are flooding. That's a horrible situation. But I'm telling you right now, there's 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camel, your children and everything was burned and he still is praising God. That's an amen moment. So that's the patience of Job. And then the question you have to ask yourself is, do you trust God? Well, Job did, and the Lord rejoiced, and Job still praised him. Well, the adversary, doing what he does, basically tells Job, uh, God, that Job's misfortunes were mostly, mostly possessions. He stated that if Job was afflicted, he would surely renounce God. Sounds to me like the adversary became a little envious of Job's faithfulness. So he became an instigator. He took the man's animals and servants and children. He took all of that, but he still was like, but that's not enough. Sounds crazy, but again, we all know someone who's probably like that. Again, no names. So God says to the adversary, behold, he is in thy hand, but save his life. So what God basically, in essence, did is just gave uh, the adversary permission, just do what you need to do, because I still know that he's going to worship me in this process. So the adversary took full advantage of this and Job comes down with boils, it says, from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. Now Job's wealth was gone and his health was gone and Job is even reviled, reviled by his wife who urges him to renounce God and basically die. So, so much for this better and worse thing, right? Because clearly she wasn't in for the better. Job refuses and still gives God the praise. In chapter 2, verse 10, he says, Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? Again, y'all, the patience of Job. About this time, Job looks um, like he's about to agree. Heck, he lost his wealth, his health, his wife, his children. He starts to believe that maybe God is capricious and unjust. Well, just about now, three of his friends come along and they begin to rebuke Job before even considering God's, you know, being injustice and, and unkind. The one friend comes along, his name is Zophar, and he says to, to uh, Job, he says, repent for what you've done. And Job is still trying to understand, like, what did I do in the first, what did I do to be repenting? So at this moment, there's a song that simply says, stand. And that's probably what Job was saying. Like, tell me, what do you do when you've done all you can? And it still seems like it's never enough. Tell me, what do you say when your friends turn away and you're all alone? Tell me, how do you handle the guilt of your past? And help? tell me, how do you deal with the shame? And he just said, you just stand. And that's what Job is continuing to do. He's just standing. But we know for sure that he had to be starting to think at this point, like, whoa, something 
is not feeling so right. But Job continued to do that. He continued to stand. He was growing a little weary because some unimaginable things have happened to us. And we can stop and think about just little things that happened to us and we get ourselves in a complete tizzy. Not too long ago, I backed my truck up. It's my new truck too. Knocked out the back window, the, the, not the little glass. And I'm like, oh man, what, what? that is so unimportant. I taped that thing up and covered it and it's still working and it's fine. So that's the kind of stuff we worry about when this man has lost every single thing, right? Even with the flooding that's going on, that looks horrific. But what I can tell you is with patience, the water recedes. I know this because three and a half years ago, I experienced that same flood in my basement, right? And everything was floating around. And when you drove down the street, it just looked like devastation. But I can tell you that three and a half years later, the basement is dry. And those situations do, right? They do correct themselves. But it takes that patience. And ultimately, we know that patience is trust. We have to trust and know that. So anyway, he might have been growing a little weary. Um, what happened is three friends decided to come sit down with him. How many of us who have, have friends and they try to do their best, they come along, they try to help, and you're like, Lord, y'all are not the best help at all, but these are the friends you have. Raise your hand. You ain't even got to raise your hands because I know you have them because if you don't have them, then you're those friends. So anyway, that's all right. No, nope, no, nope, I'm just saying it's all right. We, we got to work on it. So Job became a little sarcastic. You know when you go through trials and tribulations, you don't need anybody to tell you what your role is in it. You just need them to sit there sometimes and listen, right, and help you kind of process this thing. So we just want to bless the person and affirm the best for them. So what Job had to do was look at his present situation with spiritual eyes, right? And not these mortal, these human eyes, because those things will mess you up. They will block and get in, in the way. He had to understand what it meant to be born anew. So Job, just like us, had to stop worrying about his troubles and why he had them and his, allow his mind to be one with God. He had to do with some alignment during that time. He had to lean not to his own understanding, because our own understanding will get us in so much trouble, and you know that. He had to have a talk with his friends and let them know, I don't need your judgment, right? Whether it's intended or unintended, because sometimes, even unintentionally, we start off with the best intentions, and we say some stuff, and that thing goes awry so quickly, and we go, Lord, yeah. Anyway, so thank God for friends and intense moments of fellowship. We've all had them. But he's still feeling a little forsaken by God and his wife and by his friends. He's still wondering what he had done to deserve all these things that had been brought upon him. Because it said in the beginning that he was an upright and a devout man and almost described as perfect on the outside. But on the inside, there was a little entitlement going on because Job kind of was like, a little bit, why me syndrome? And we've all had that before and we know that. We have those little pity parties and we can do it for a while, but eventually, Get yourself together and say, why not me? If you are God's eyes, hands, and feet here on this earth, then why not you? Why not you to be the example to show that God is great and amazing when you stop and think about it? Who else could do it but you, right? We say that until it hits us. So eventually something broke in Job. He woke up on the inside and no longer became angry with his friends because all three of them came along and they all had reasons why God was inflicting these things on them. But he woke up and he didn't have any questions anymore. 
Rather, he thought on old times and he longed for them. And we all do that when things get rough. It's like, you remember when this, yeah, we remember that. But what we need to put our focus on is what we know is going to happen. We know that God is, and today's daily word is so amazing, it's just transformative. We know that the situation we're in right now is not going to last forever, even when it feels like it. We've got to stop and we've got to see on the other side. You know, when people say seeing is believing, it's easy to believe something when you see it. When you see it, it's easy to, okay, it's going to work out. But we've got this thing in unity where we know that believing is sin. We've got to believe it before it even manifests. We've got to believe and we've got to know, even when folk around us are looking like she is crazy, you've got to know that God has got you in the situation. You've got to believe it before your earthly or your mortal eyes can see it. You've got to realize with your real eyes, right, your heart eyes, that this thing is going to turn out, it's going to work out, the latter's going to be greater than the beginning, even when we don't understand how it's going to work. It's not up to us to understand the why of God, right? You just put these things out here, Lord, I need this thing to get better, I need this thing, and watch him work things out in ways that you're like, woo. When they said in the song, he'll hide you in the valley. Sometimes you need to be in those valley places so you can't see all that stuff that's going on up there because that thing will mess you completely up when you see all that craziness. So sometimes you got to lay low, and that's when God is comforting you and, and, and holding you and keeping you. Every now and then, there's some value, Ayala said, in the valley. So you got to sit down in that valley sometimes and just lay low in it and, and work it out. So I guess by this time, the adversary thought he was right. Um, when Job had everything, he was the perfect man. He was upright and devout. He was a man of God. But on the inside, he was fearful, which led to questioning when situations got ugly, because that's what we do when situations get ugly. But once Job took some time to get past the why me syndrome, once he took some time to be able to align himself with God and know that God and I together, we've got this. Once he was able to do that, Job did what we all must do in our lives. And he stood still and listened to that still small voice of God. We all have got to do that. Once again, it's easy when everything is going well. God is good all the time. God is amazing. God is this. And soon as one little thing happens, we start changing it. We have to stop. My grandmother tells me all the time, Mel, Mel, you just got to stop and be still and know that God is God. You got to speak to those winds just like Jesus did because he says that we are one and the same. He said to those waves, peace, be still. How many of you have had to speak to some waves in your life? Like this thing got to slow down. Lord, we got to calm this. We're working on this sea because it looks like it's rough and you're being tossed all around. We have to stop. Not ask God to, to stop all the situations, but even to give us some strength just to shift the, the, the sails on our, on our boat, right? Because some of that stuff is going to still come. And sometimes the wind is good because it propels us in the way we need to go. So if you shift the, the, the sails, look, that wind is great. It's going to push you where you need to go. You ain't got to do as much work yourself. So we just, we bless God for the winds, but when it gets to be too much, we just say, peace, be still. That's just kind of our resting time where we sit down a little bit and just say, okay, we need a minute to work this out. When Job stopped questioning his circumstances and began to yield completely to God's will, he turned around and realized from the mortal to the spiritual, he stopped asking God, why me? He started saying, why not me? and seemed to develop an even better attitude. Once he did this, he was given as much time 
or twice as much as what he had in the very beginning. And so that's that thing where the latter will be so much greater than the beginning. We think that we have this right now, but when we do what we need to do, tithe and bless and, and appreciate God, all these things are just given to us even more. It says more room that we even have space to handle. I'm excited about that. I could probably hear Job uh, singing uh, this song. I don't know if you ever heard it, and it simply says, uh, I almost let go. I felt like I just couldn't take life anymore. My problems had me bound. Depression weighed me down. But God held me close so I wouldn't let go. His mercy kept me so I wouldn't let go. We got to stop and make sure that we are blessing the name of God at all times, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like. God is there. He's got us. The story of Job teaches us to stop questioning. There's this new phrase out there, and I told you before when we say, I can't. I can't with these kids. I can't with this job. I can't with this church asking me to give 10% more on top of the tithes. I, I just can't do that. And we do this all the time. You have to know that your words have power. Yes, you can. You can do anything that you put your mind to, right? With Christ, all things are possible. Stop that I can't attitude. Know that you can do it. Know that you will do it. Don't let error thought or error, error consciousness creep into your situations and make you think that you can't do these wonderful things. Job was not perfect that we saw eventually. He had some stuff going on, but just like us, he allowed his faith to get him through these situations and everything turned out greatly. His ending was so much greater than his beginning. We're so grateful for that. We know, we know, and we affirm that a dream deferred is never a dream denied. And this morning I just say to you, amen. And thank you for letting me present the Job experience to you. And if you have it in your own lives, take some time to get right and align yourself with your Christ consciousness and know that it's already all right. Not that it's going to be all right tomorrow, but later on I'm dropping mics around <laughs> But know that it's already all right. Amen. 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 There's a reason I'm alive in a blink of an eye.
answer the question